It's the Early Access Podcast, number 52, one year worth of show. The Early Access Podcast has been around for longer than one year, but 52 shows is 52 weeks if you listen to one a week. So pretty proud of hitting this milestone. It is February 4th, 2021. Find us on Spotify, iTunes. I want to let you guys know that this is going to be the last episode of the Early Access Podcast for a while. We're usually live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. PST on Still Shampoo. Uh, but literally on Tuesday, I forgot. Kuehler showed up to the show and said, are we doing the podcast? And I had already gathered the boys to play Cold War. So I literally actually just forgot on Tuesday. Um, but there's some personal reasons that I'm going to make this the last episode for a little bit. I want to focus on some other things. We got some good news. Uh, I'm going to tie up a couple of loose ends from previous episodes. And the show might not go away for forever. But uh, I need to spend some time not doing podcast episodes. Uh, there is some stuff, though, for you guys to consume on the Stell Shampoo site. So don't worry about that. I have always said, though, that this podcast is kind of a way for me to not lose my Twitch partnership. Uh, basically, for those of you who didn't listen to the previous episodes, if you are not streaming on Twitch uh, for an extended period of time, weeks, months, I'm actually not too sure how long it is, but they put you on an inactive partners list and you lose a lot of your perks um, going to the parties and all that stuff. Not that there are any parties to go to later, but I'm absolutely going to be going ham at some Twitch parties a little bit later on. But one of the new Twitch perks that partners are getting now, actually, which I am loving, is partners do not see ads on Twitch anymore. You don't need to sub, you don't need turbo, ad block, nothing. I straight up do not see ads on Twitch anymore. Some of them were unbelievably annoying. The one with Lily Pichu where she was like chewing gum. The wow, Coke Gaming. I, I, I've seen those so many times. I spent a lot of time on Twitch for not only my job, but it's a great place to consume like Pokemon content, which I like to watch. My friends are streaming on Twitch. I like to watch people play COD um, and all that stuff. So not having ads is great. Um, TLDR, I really want to maintain my Twitch partnership. So the Early Access Podcast is kind of how we did that. It was a show every two weeks that you know would keep me on the Twitch active list. So we're going to have to find something else to do, whether it be streaming Pokemon. The Players' Cup 3 is going on right now, and I've been playing off stream just so I could focus. Um, to be quite frank, I wasn't in a very good mental state yesterday, and I was really tilting as I was playing Pokemon. And to play in the Players' Cup, basically you have to play in 50 tournaments. And the better you do in each of those tournaments, the more points you get. I literally went on a five losing streak yesterday, which uh, I just was not in a good headspace. tilted me off the face of the earth. Um, last, uh, a while ago, I was on a five win streak. So it's kind of balanced out. And now I'm just like average slash slightly above average. So I hope I can still qualify, but I'll probably maybe stream some Pokemon, some COD. Um, we're just not going to be doing podcasts live or not live for a little bit. And I'll probably talk on Discord when we'll bring back the Early Access podcast. But I want to tie up some loose ends before we end the first sprint of this show. Um, so back in October, unfortunately, during Players' Cup 2, um, my dog passed away, which is very unfortunate. That put me in a bad headspace, and I was playing Pokemon super, super poorly at the time. And so to kind of turn that around, um, I decided to put all the money I was going to earn from stream, including some extra money that Kewler donated, and some extra money uh, that I would put in myself. And I wanted to donate it to a local animal shelter. The animal shelter was incredibly hard to get a hold of. Um, but I still have the money. And uh, I adopted a dog a little bit later on. I asked the animal shelter like, hey, who are these dogs best friends? I want to pay for their adoption fee. Um, and unfortunately during that time, uh, my two dogs got into a fight. And we had to give up one of the dogs. This relates back to the story. When I was sitting playing Call of Duty with the boys. Just bleeding all over the place. Because uh, one of my dogs bit me while I was trying to like pry the other dog off of him anyway we had to return the dog 
And I was very sad about that. And I decided, hey, I want to make sure that this dog, she's, she was a great dog. Her name was Stevie. Um, we had to return her to the shelter, unfortunately. It just wasn't going to work out. It was a very mildly dangerous situation. They weren't going to kill each other, I feel. But it just well, it wasn't it wasn't a good living situation. Um, so we returned the dog. And they said, like, hey, like you already paid for this dog's adoption fee. But, you know, if she stays too long, someone might have to pay for it again. I really wanted to make sure that because Stevie was a great dog that she'd get adopted. Now, that's all the catch-up. This is the new part of the story that Keeler hasn't even heard yet. Turns out that Stevie was lost, and her family was looking for her. And by returning her to the shelter, her family noticed that she was a newly listed dog and was returned to her original family. Uh, What I thought initially, and what I was told, was that Stevie was picked up by someone, um, and she was owned originally by this man who got sent to jail after he got um, sent sent to jail and he returned he didn't want the dog anymore so he surrendered the dog to the animal shelter so I thought that this dog's original owner did not want her um, but what turns out is he actually just found the dog and went to jail and then wanted her back afterwards and so she was surrendered to the shelter uh, she had an original family she had been missing since October when my other dog passed away And by returning her to the shelter, that caused her original family to be able to find her um, because they found her new listing again. And now she is reunited with her old family. So this whole thing with my arm getting cut up and adopting a dog and losing the dog and all that is, I think, ultimately come out to a happy ending. Because I think out of all the possible scenarios, this was the most positive one, right? Me having the dog would have been great, but... I only had the dog for two weeks and reuniting her. She's two years old, I believe with her original family, I think was the best possible outcome because they missed her a lot. Went to go pick her up and uh, she is back at her original home. So I'm very happy about that. And now that means I will be showing the receipts. I will be donating soon to the uh, animal shelter that she came from. Um, I'll put all the receipts. Uh, I showed how much money I earned off of Twitch in October. And we're finally gonna get that money out there and I'll pay for some dogs or you know, cover some food or whatever it is they need at the shelter using that money um, because now I I am in contact with them, which was the original issue. Um, And I am making sure that the dog that I I wanted to prioritize as far as the dog um, getting taken care of uh, is now back to her original home. So that, you know, I feel like very often we don't have positive stories on the Early Access podcast, but this this one turned out all right. I think this is... After a chain of negative ones too. Yeah. Like, and now here it finally resolves in a better way than we could have ever expected. Yeah. I literally actually haven't even told anyone about this. I just found out the other day. Yeah, my first time hearing about it, too. Yeah. My arm literally got ripped up for this to happen. So, uh, that it all, I think, came out uh, for the better. Anyway, so we'll have some more Stell Shampoo content. Um, One of the things I've been keeping a secret for a little bit uh, that I'll talk about now. For those of you who watched the podcast live, you'll notice that. Linked over on the left side of the screen for you audio listeners. It's at Stell Shampoo, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I've been sitting on the Stell Shampoo TikTok for a little bit. And it is going incredibly well. Um, I spent about a week producing a bunch of Pokemon card TikToks, right? Just to kind of feel like how the editor worked, how my workflow goes. Um, I actually don't even use the inside TikTok editor. Hashtags, descriptions, cover photos, all that stuff. Learning about the algorithm. And I released about a week's worth of Pokemon videos um, and learned a little bit about it. And then I decided, you know, Pokemon's not that popular. 
I, I know Pokemon cards are blowing up as far as openings go. People opening old vintage packs and stuff like that. But in the grand scheme of things, Pokemon is not as popular on gaming TikTok as things like Warzone or Apex or, um, I don't know, God forbid, League of Legends or Valorant or anything like that. So I decided let's try a really high production value using everything I learned Warzone TikTok starring Richard. I did not tell Richard about this, and I don't know if he'll be listening to this episode or anything like that, but uh, it absolutely did well. Um, I did a lot of research in the TikTok algorithm. I think Richard's video is sitting at something like 71,000 views, which for a fresh TikTok account is pretty good. Gained like 1,400 followers from it. Used everything I learned about trending sounds, hashtags, um, editing, pacing, things I went to broadcasting school for that I was able to apply. And I actually really enjoy making TikToks, more so than I... You know, back in 2016, admittedly, I really enjoyed streaming. Had an audience of a thousand people watching. It was great. Um, but now I don't like streaming, uh, just to be quite frank. Um, I don't like maintaining a stream. I don't like building up a stream. I've said before, streaming is a very momentum-based thing, right? If you're a doctor and you take a day off, you still make the same amount of money you did the day before you left, right? You come back, you're still making your same amount of cash. As a Twitch streamer, People are afraid of even taking time off to go to TwitchCon. I've been to TwitchCon and have had my friends filming themselves and they have they have to IRL stream. They have to go to the Elgato stream pods and make sure that they stream three days for the three times they're at TwitchCon. Uh, for the three days they're at TwitchCon, they got to stream three times. And it, it just it feels cumbersome. It feels like something you always have to do. I have a full-time job now. I don't want to dedicate six to eight hours or even four to eight hours streaming anymore talking to chat, tweeting things, uh, graphics, all the stuff that goes into blah, 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 yelling at AT&T because the internet's shitty, right? TikTok is actually a very healthy format for me because I can just film. For Pokemon TikToks, they were much easier because I just opened a pack. Right, but I can film 10 TikToks and then release them over 10 days. Um, for the higher production stuff, it, it's a little bit more difficult. So I, I have two on the back burner right now. Um, the Richard TikTok popped off and I didn't post for a week. Um, and so I released a Dino TikTok. Um, I'm going to remaster a lot of old still shampoo content and, and release it on TikTok. Um, and I'm really enjoying the editing. And like you take a, a four minute bit that is Dino stealing silverware from the hotel. You can watch it on TikTok. But for those of you who <laughs> didn't see it back in 2016, we ordered Mexican food. And Dino went to go pick up our Mexican food. The Mexican place did not deliver drinks. Now, I don't know anywhere in America that doesn't deliver drinks. But in Germany, they don't do that apparently for Gamescom. So there were no drinks, uh, which we gave Dino flack for. He had messed up a bunch of food orders beforehand. And uh, so that was uh, that was one strike, right? The other strike was that they did not provide silverware or anything to eat this Mexican food with. Um, so Dino didn't want to take flack for that because we'd be giving a lot of heat over the weekend. I love the guy. Um, so he proactively decided to go to the hotel that we were staying at, go to the tables in the, in the dining room, steal their cutlery and bring it back for us to uh, for us to eat i recognized it because they fold the napkin in a certain way and they're a certain color they're kind of like handkerchiefs right and it's, it's it's really nice silverware and he gave it to us in like the nice wrapping and every morning before breakfast or for breakfast rather i would go and eat breakfast there before i went to stream for 12 hours of gamescom so i called him out on this as his whole ordeal it was a three minute clip and one of the editing challenges was you have to keep the pacing up, set the stage, remaster it for a vertical format, right? It's it's 
16 by it's 9 by 16 i always say 16 by 9 and i can't say 9 by 16 it's 9 by 16 so i have to re-edit it for that and you have to cut down what is a three minute story that i felt was told well in three minutes i that i originally edited in 2016 down to one minute you have to cut out all the ums all the you know excess stuff um because tiktok is a very fast format right one of the things i like about tiktok uh, and where i'm st- uh, by the way the style shape of tiktok is already multitudes more successful than the early access podcast which is to put that one out there and way more successful than my twitch channel um is right now at least currently and that that's all because i really like the way they serve content on tiktok the majority of the content you consume is off of your for you page right and that is content that the tiktok algorithm notices you like and will serve to you so you don't necessarily need to work so hard for clicks like you do on youtube where you have to make a good thumbnail, a good title, right? You still have to make uh, your stuff very searchable with sounds and hashtags and descriptions and all that stuff, right? Um, it has to be interesting. You have to catch someone's attention. But that, I feel like, is something I'm good at. I'm very good at um, the content itself and providing good content, but I don't really want to necessarily put in the effort that is streaming every day or posting YouTube videos every day or I hate making thumbnails on YouTube, for example. So I think this is a really good creative outlet for me and something that's been proven very successful. I, I spent some time learning about the TikTok algorithm. And, you know, maybe it was a one and done kind of thing. Like, oh, Nikki did great once. He got one 71,000 view video and he, he's only good at it once. Maybe, maybe. Um, but I feel like I, I have a, I've learned a little bit to where I may be able to do that again. And so I started doing Pokemon TikToks, right? There's maybe less than a dozen of those out there. Uh, did a Warzone one, that one popped off. Now I'm going to go and remaster a bunch of old style shampoo content that I feel like is quality content, but hard to search for. And TikTok, the way the platform works, if if the video is enticing, then you'll, and you watch through it, it'll be served to more people, um, which is something that I feel like I can thrive in and do well in. My, my personal For You page, I'm very conscious about what I'm watching, but I admittedly am a heterosexual man and I look, I am so sick of those TikToks where girls are doing like trending dances like the Busset ones. Nothing against the women doing it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but I, I just don't want to watch it. Um, that one doesn't get me. But the one, the anime one where they're swaying their hips, I don't know if you know this one at all, Keeler. That one. I don't I look at TikToks. So I don't. <laughs> admittedly, because I am a heterosexual man, that one catches me every time. Because I, I will I will spend five seconds watching it and be like, I, I want to see something funny. And the chicks, oh, but he watched it for five seconds. Like this is this is some shit he wants to see. Um, so they keep serving it to me, and I, I, I can't I can't swipe away. I, it's I'm just pulled to it too well. They do they do too good of a job. Um, but I very I'm I'm studying a lot about what people are doing. Um, there's this I think her name is Kate Bacon, right? And it's really interesting how she makes her TikToks. Because what she does every single time is she says, what's shaking, Bacon? And she comes into her bathroom and swings herself in from like a pull-up bar that's hanging there, right? And it's that's really interesting because it seems like so innocent, but there's a lot of thought being put into it, right? There's a lot of movement so that catches your eye. What's shaking, Bacon? Her name is Kate Bacon. So that's already good branding there. Then she immediately starts to talk about something. What's shaking, Bacon? Let me tell you about the sunk cost um, fallacy. And within the first second of her talking, you're captured and you're like, oh, I want to I want to learn about that. And so you watch the whole thing. And that's why she's pretty, I think she's also a fellow Twitch streamer. Um, but the way that you capture people's attention with TikToks and the pacing and the content of it 
it's all super interesting to me um, when you do it from a professional, like high level quality standpoint. Not to say that the people like doing the quick, like click on their phone, film a dance in one cut and then post it. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not the content that I want to make. No one gives a shit about my dancing, which I actually would do like three times a week before the run up, but that's beside the point. No one gives a shit about me dancing. It, I, I really like the, the edited content. That's kind of my style. So that is something I want to lean into, even though we're ending the early access podcast, among other reasons. Um, and then maybe I'll stream a little bit more Pokemon. Um, but I am I am really liking um, the creation. And there's that, there, like, there's this part of me, man, is, as much as I never want to full-time stream again, there's that familiar, like, Pavlonian response that I get. It's, it's, it's a strong dopamine. Is it serotonin? Is it dopamine? I don't know which one of those two. It's that it's feel good. Dopamine. When when you get that like, oh, I got another follower. Oh, I got another comment. Oh, yeah, let's uh, let's watch that view count go. Let's watch that follow count go off, right? I had that on Twitch. I actually got a thousand followers on on TikTok faster than I got my first thousand on Twitch. Um, and I feel like I ride this momentum and that that dopamine hit of like, yo, get another follower. Uh, I, I, admittedly, it feels good. Um, and I don't really like. I, I actually have more followers now on TikTok than I do on Twitter. But people don't give a shit about me talking about Pokemon decks on Twitter anymore. I, I like Twitter and Twitch just be like the whatever the fuck I want to do and talk about, right? We'll stream Pokemon cards. Playing Pokemon cards is way less popular than opening Pokemon cards, by the way. Um, but the TikTok will be where I'm releasing. The TikToks will be where I'm releasing edited content. Um, and I have a bunch of ideas. I have like a whole Trello board just full of ideas. And, and it's, it's, it's less time. I actually spent maybe like... The last ones between subtitling and editing and all that stuff. I spent a couple hours producing the next two TikToks about Dino that I'm putting up. Um, but that is less than the six to eight hours I use to stream of Evolve. You know, it, it is ultimately less time. Um, in a way, more um, more skills required, um, you know, to edit and keep the pacing and all that stuff. But... It's stuff that I, I I enjoy doing. Like I like editing. I went to school for it, so uh, it's it's something that we'll continue doing. So head over there, and uh, I'm gonna be producing some some pretty cool stuff, hopefully. All right, what else do we have? Uh oh, we haven't talked about we we haven't talked about GameStonk yet. How we killer? Not yet. All right. Well, Q, neither Keeler and I are uh, invested in this, and by invested I mean actually financially invested. But game stonks have been absolutely popping off. I think it might be too late to get into it anymore. Um, but the whole the whole concept around it, I'm sure you guys have already all heard about this. Hedge funds shorted GameStop stonk. GameStop is a shitty company. I hate them. Um, they led me on on support like for months. So basically, I ordered an exclusive GameStop Pokemon card. And it came to me in the way they packaged it was they put it in the box, then closed the box on one of the sides of the card so it was damaged, right? By any extent of any collector's expectations, it was damaged. There's creases on it. So I called and asked them for another one, and they sent me um, a binder, not the card. So actually, by the way, they could have just put the card in the fucking binder because the binder is for holding cards, obviously. So I don't know why they just didn't package it like that. Um, But I said like, hey, you guys damaged my card, send me another one. So they sent me a binder, and I'm like, I have two binders now and not an undamaged card. Will you send me a card? And they just led me on for a couple months. And they eventually I got an email months later, refunded $999 from GameStop, 
which I was not refunded $999 from GameStop, but they refunded the card, which is free. Um, so they just, they just suck. Um, and so I, they, everything they package and send me is like damaged. I've ordered double packs of Pokemon cards from them and they've come in like the packs are bent and they didn't use any bubble wrap or anything like that. And I'm like, I'm not asking for them to send it in like a fucking safe, right. Or in a suitcase or anything or in like a bulletproof box. Just, just put some packaging peanuts in there or a like bubble wrap or literally anything. Just throw things in a box. So I absolutely hate them. And I think that is universally accepted, right? I think the people shorting GameStop stock and the hedge funds and everyone buying GameStop stock don't think GameStop's a good company. Absolutely go fuck them. Everyone I know who has ever worked at a GameStop has been treated poorly um, or management gave them unrealistic expectations or they don't give a shit about the customers like I have heard um, from people who have worked at GameStop on YouTube that if someone came in, for example, and they didn't speak English, sign them up for the Power Up Rewards card. Because what are they going to do? They're going to come in and return it. They don't speak English. They can't read the receipt. I That's legitimately a thing that I've heard regional managers tell store managers to do. Store managers don't want to do it, but then get pressured because, hey, your store's not performing. You're not selling Power Up Rewards or whatever the fuck. Um and they're just a terrible company that I hope goes out of business. I think that is one thing that everyone can agree upon. And the one thing that I feel like the internet finally feels me on, despite the fact that I didn't, I'm not diamond hands and I didn't go in and buy and hold GameStop stonk. But this is truly just a movement of spite, which is something that they're taking a page out of Nikki's book. Everyone is just holding on. Not everyone. They're those paper hands guys out there, right? So you could have sold GameStop stock on what? Like last week, literally last Thursday and made tons of money, right? But it's not about the money. It's about sending a message to these hedge funds. And everyone, all these lawmakers and rich people are mad. Hedge funds losing tons of money. And it's not about becoming rich. I'm reading all these stories about like, yeah, I've been poor my whole life. So if I'm poor and I lose this $1,000 off GameStop, who fucking cares? I'm still poor. I, I like this is more about fucking over the system than it is like getting me a comfortable amount of money to live on. Um, so it's really a movement of spite, which I'm absolutely loving because my entire life, in some ways, is driven by spite. When Kuehler and I get on Cold War every night, we're not there to have fun. We're not there to like, we're not joking around, be like, hey, Kuehler, how was work today? We are there to make sure that someone calls us a racial slur at the end of the game. There's no other, no bigger satisfaction than playing Call of Duty and getting called the N-word at the end of the game. It's, knowing that I made someone mad is the reason, like, I I like Call of Duty, I like Cold War, actually. Cold War's a lot of fun. Uh, we're, we're coming back to three-lane maps. We're coming back to, you know, boots on the ground, although I would, I do kind of miss advanced movement, right? And, and I think Cold War is a good game, but it's making the Call of Duty community angry and uh, having a 12-year-old call you the most heinous things you've ever heard at the end of the game. Um, that's what I live for, right? It's the There's a reason Death Chat has been in Call of Duty since, what, Modern Warfare 3? You kill someone, he's like, Jesus Christ, he's still using the stoner. We have full squads of people running <laughs> around with stoner, thermal, smoke grenades. And... 
here look i i'm not i'm not incredible at call of duty right but uh i so i'm not going out there dropping nukes i think my longest kill streak was what 18 right i'm not even close to nukes i'm such a shell of my former self i don't know if that's skill based matchmaking or if that's my lack of ability now i'm getting older my reaction times are slower uh, but i'm not cracked at call of duty anymore but i i'm still at least good enough to be pissing people off so anyway the gamestop movement i think is the exact same thing and, and for that i can uh, i can give a lot of respect for that i personally didn't get into it um i have money to lose and i'm in a good spot but i just at the time didn't understand enough about it you know, i'm very comfortable with like there's an investment aspect to pokemon cards there are cards that I bought one year ago for $7 that are now selling for $170. Um, I have booster boxes that I bought for less than $90 that are going for like $180 right now. Like I, I feel like I just understand Pokemon cards a lot better. Um, and the loss of Pokemon cards, right, if I don't sell it, right, if you don't sell it, you don't make money. But if I don't sell it, I just play with the cards because I also play the game. Right, if I buy GameStop stock, right, forget the fucking over hedge funds part for a second, and like I don't want it later, stock is just like a it's a concept, right? It's a contract, it's not anything physical. Right. Whereas if I buy a booster box of Pokemon cards, and then 10, 15, 20 years down the line, I want to open a box of sword and shield based Pokemon cards, I have it. Right. Or if I want to sell it for however many hundreds of dollars it's worth at the time. Then I've made that money. I, just, I, f I feel like I understand it a, a little bit more. And there's always a risk with investing and buying and holding and collecting, right? And this is a risk I'm more willing to take. Now, don't take any financial... By the way, don't take any financial advice from my dumbass. I just want to play Pokemon cards, right? At the end of the day, the, the primary goal is to play Pokemon cards online because I enjoy it. I know I've been complaining about the, the metagame is terrible right now. But as a whole, I enjoy the hobby. I enjoy my friends who play the hobby. Um, and so... That's just kind of my line of thinking where I'm spending my extra money. And I'm just saving my money, you know, just sticking in a bank account. They say don't invest what you're not willing to lose. Um, and so, you know, I didn't. I just decided I didn't want to roll the dice. Um, despite the fact that I think it was a great idea, right? If you if you bought GameStop stock low and then sold super high, then you, then you made money. Or if there's always a risk no matter uh, what you're doing if you're, if you're trying to roll the dice on investment. I have the money to do it with, but I don't. I'm in a good spot right now, and I feel like I just didn't want to roll the dice personally. I, you, you didn't buy any stock at all, Keeler, right? No, I've never like bought in general. I think stock. It's not a world I've wanted to really get into much. Yeah, it's not something that I know enough about. Although I'm going to say, in the past week, I have learned more about stocks and trading on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter than I have over all of my academic career. I know more about how stocks Same, work now honestly. than I than I ever have. And I still feel like I don't know enough, but I think that's the reason. I I really do not know enough to do this, and I just don't really have the desire nor the time to get into it. I don't like just like wading into something with very little knowledge, especially if it's something kind of important like trading money. Actually, while we're on the money topic, so I was banned from the Pokemon Center earlier this week. Not because I did anything wrong, but because I was trying to buy some Shining Fates. For those of you who don't play Pokemon cards, Shining Fates is super, super... Uh, it's a special set. It's highly valued. And I tried to go in the Pokemon Center and buy some, 
and they thought I was a bot, even though I'm not, I'm just doing it manually on my computer. I got locked out, didn't get any product. Turns out a bunch of bots bought absolutely everything. Uh, all the ETBs, like all the Pikachu V boxes, they they scooped up all shi- all the Shining Fates and immediately stuff that's $50 is listed on eBay for $125, $150, $200, which is really shitty, of course. I mean, I don't need to explain. Scalpers aren't adding anything to the market. We're seeing the same issue with PS5s. I have a PS5 Battle Beaver controller. I bought a PS5 controller because I play with a scuff and I need paddles on the back of my controller to play COD so we can jump shot, all that stuff. I, I love paddles, right? I bought a Battle Beaver in December and it came in and I still don't have a PS5 because a, a little bit of the shortage with PS5s, I know for Pokemon cards for sure, but I'm assuming PS5s also, is because manufacturing is slowed down because the facilities that produce these products are slowing down due to the Rona and restrictions with having workers all together and all that stuff, which is good. But we have all these people going out and buying out PS5s and buying out Pokemon cards. And it's really, it's really demotivating to like be a part of either of those hobbies right now. Like I want to play Temtem on the PS5. I pre-ordered it. I want to play Cold War on the PS5. Um, I want to play, you know, with new Pokemon card sets, but it's getting like, I'm staying at home. I'm locked in and I'm fine with that. Oh, I should talk about my vitamin D deficiency. Don't, don't let me forget about that cure. I want to like enjoy all my things and stay inside safely but every it's like I can't spend my money like I have adult money now, but I can't get a PS5. I don't I don't it's the principle, right? I don't want to reward someone for being a shitty person getting a bot and adding nothing of value to the transaction of product being distributed, product getting in the hands of customers, right? And I don't want to reward that kind of behavior. So it's a, it's a little bit of a like just my own principle preventing me to do any of that stuff. So like bots totally bought everything out from the Pokemon Center. So where else can you go out to buy Pokemon cards right now? Texas, is it Dallas or Houston? I got to check. But one of those big cities in Texas is holding PokeCon. And Gary from Pawn Stars is going to be there. And there was one, I believe, in February, some some Pokemon convention. And I, Kula gave me a little bit of hope on the pre-show when we were talking privately but there was literally a gigantic convention, people not wearing masks, going out, buying, selling collectibles, Funko Pops, Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic, you name it, anime figurines, I'm sure. In Texas, which I've we've been locked up for almost a year at this point. Your mental health is important, right? Seeing people going outside is important. But this is still a virus that is literally killed. Are we how how many people is the Rona? How many people have died by the Rona at this point in the U.S. killer? Oh, I don't know. It's a really large number. I was gonna hit the. Remember when we were like, yeah, we were afraid to get to like a hundred thousand or something. Um, and I think we've passed like three hundred or something. We were at four hundred fifty-one. I thought we were yeah, four hundred fifty-one thousand. We were like afraid to get to a hundred thousand only a few months ago, and we've just like been speed running apparently the decimation of our population it's in dallas also pokecon is in dallas jesus christ there's like air pollution problems in la because they're burning corpses so fast that i don't think that i don't think it's causing air pollution but they had to lift so there's like because los angeles is so polluted um 
they had restrictions on how many cremations you could do at once because obviously you're going to contribute to the already big smog from traffic. And they had to actually lift some of those regulations because they needed to burn a lot of people. That just, that sounds like an absolutely dreadful job to be like the per. Someone has to do that. That I I almost can't think of a worse job to, to be doing in America right now than literally burning corpses in LA. Anyway. I mean, a job that could make you one of the corpses. That is also not that great. Um, I mean, service workers and I think, I think restaurant cooks are like one of the highest mortality rates right now, as far as like getting infected. It's rough. Mm. It's rough. Um, I imagine cooks are in the back, but that's probably maybe because they're part of an older demographic that they would be a little more susceptible. That. And I think it's also because they're all like right next to each other. Usually like walking around in tight space and whatnot. I don't know the specifics. I, I saw the details, but I didn't see like anything more. San Francisco has opened up for dining again. I don't know. I know outdoor dining at least. And I like, I don't want to eat on the outside of fucking Buffalo Wild Wings, bro. Like yeah. it, it is only 2% better than going out and just taking the food back home. It's only 2% better. And I would rather not put those waiter, waiters, waitresses, cooks, restaurant staff at risk because I want to fucking sit outside. It... It's, 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 even it out, even outdoor kind of worries me sometimes because obviously you're, it's kind of a bunch of people, unmasked eating food in the like an area usually with some level of crowding too. And it's it's so that's one level, right? I'm not, I'm not comfortable doing it. Yeah, some a few people times, might argue usually when it's empty. I really feel like we shouldn't be. Right. As we can negotiate eating outdoors in San Francisco. I really don't think we should be holding PokeCon in March in Dallas, yeah, Texas. That's that's the easy that's an easy one. And I've seen I photos pictures. of like the older ones and the yeah, which was also yeah. during a pandemic, I believe, right? Oh no, I saw pictures of people in conventions in Texas just not wearing masks in Oh, in other conventions, like, right. right. Yeah. You're like you've been to E three, any anime con. That is not a I can stay six feet away from someone kind of event. That's not that's not something that we can just do safely. And anyway, it, it's that whole thing with back when I was uh, in not Catholic school. I, I, I went I was raised Catholic, but um, I went to church school and stuff. Right now, I believe that there's a flying spaghetti monster in the air for any of you curious. But when uh, when I was going to church school or whatever, they did this little exercise. Right. And it was really simple that we were group. We were broken up into like groups of five. Right. And there was maybe like a hundred of us or so. So there's 20 people. And I went out on this like retreat. Right. And there's this game. Right. Each each of the 20 groups could pick a color, black or white. If all 20 of us picked black, everyone got points. Right. If one single group picked red, then the groups who picked red get points. The groups who picked black do not get points. They lose points. Right. But if everyone picks red, everyone loses points, right? I feel that America right now is everyone picking red. That's where we're at. <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't all pick black and stay inside and chill out and have this over in a little bit. Get businesses back open at full capacity, right? Have them closed down for a couple months and then completely open back up rather than this open, close, open, close, open, close thing, right? 
I, no, to be fair, back when I played that game, by the way, just a little tangent, I picked red every single time and persuaded my group to pick red because, and I quote at the time, and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, it's not about me winning. It's about everyone else losing. I said that at the time <laughs> when I was like 12 going to like church school or whatever. What that's foreshadowing. My, Truly, what kind of foreshadowing mindset. was that? <laughs> it really was. And that's how I play Call of Some, Duty. It's, something about you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like my favorite kill streak in Call of Duty right now is Air Patrol because it's not about me getting a gunship and bodying you. It's about me shooting down your care packaged VTOL, <laughs> which I've done. Which I, I've done. I The other day, Brock called in a VTOL. Someone on the other team called in an Air Patrol on his VTOL and I called in an Air Patrol on their Air Patrol and that kept the VTOL in the air. And I, nothing has ever brought me more satisfaction <laughs> just slam that reverse uno on the table and just know that the other team had to continue getting butt fucked by our VTOL for, for the, the, for, like the un, for the non-players the air patrol so the kill streak in call of duty means you call like an airship the VTOL is like an airship obviously that fires lots of weaponry onto the ground the air patrol is like a flyby of jets that will just destroy whatever's in the air it's like it's yeah. just a denial of your cool military toy in the game and they work on each other so anyway, they work on each other so you can send a set, a set of jet planes to stop the other team set of jet planes <laughs> makes no sense from destroying but I love that your interaction. military toy I, I absolutely love that interaction and anyway that was a little bit of foreshadowing of how i'd be when i turned 26 because now i still play call of duty not to win but to send a message anyway the coronavirus is not a is not a me versus you game this that call of duty's pvp America's co-op. There is no reason for me to fuck you over. And so we all should have just picked black and gotten out of this pandemic. But we didn't. And so uh, we're going to be locked up for a little bit longer. I did, I mean, I did get some good news. Um, I got an email from my doctor that said, if you're 75 or up, come get the vaccine. So I I am, I am, the thought crossed my mind, I'm not going to do it. But I was going to hire someone to do my makeup, make me look super fucking old, get a fake ID, put on a bald cap, shave off my head, go in with like a one of those walkers with the tennis balls on the bottom. Like, yes, one vaccine, please. But uh, not going to do that. Probably wouldn't work. And uh, I, I am hopeful that, what did you say, Q? Like 2 million people got vaccinated? Like this week? A lot, a lot of people. A lot of people got vaccinated recently. Like it seems like the numbers of vaccinations are going up. Instead of the COVID numbers, so that's a good sign. Yeah, it's going down. Now, obviously, like like in usual, um, yeah, it, the numbers, the ca- the cases are going down, and the deaths will probably lag behind it too. So those are still going up, but they will probably start falling down probably within a couple of weeks, assuming things go okay. The obviously the big fear right now is that one of the strains of uh, uh, that might be COVID resistant could like end up showing up. So like. Oh, Watch shit. me being optimistic here, and then like next week they're like a, a vaccine resistant strain has decided to spread around Los Angeles or something. I I knew we had a uh, extra contagious strain. I didn't know we had a vaccine resistant. No, we don't. Strain. We don't. We don't have. We don't have. As far as we know, we don't have a vaccine resistant strain. But I think there's fears that if we let it linger long enough, like you're kind of you're kind of giving it chances to right. Yeah. Like when the guy is streaking or something, you don't. He might not get it, but you don't want to give him that chance, right? Yeah. Do we have the strain that's extra contagious? I, I feel like I've heard about that in the UK. I I think people have said that like it's it's safe to think that like it's been here for for some time too. 
Oh, great. So it's probably been around. Um, he, I'm not afraid. Of- I think there's still there's still some like questioning on whether there's like a specific strain in Los Angeles also from all the stuff that happened there. I don't know. I, I <laughs> there's so much information coming out now. It's really hard to keep track, and I'm mostly just focusing on when when do I get the the little needle in I my see. arm. I, both of us are not going to die if we get the Rona. Very, very unlikely. Yeah, um, very unlikely. So I am afraid chances. of the erectile dysfunction. That that is not something yeah. I roll the dice on. I am twenty six. My dick works at a hundred percent capacity, uh, and I, I that's not a that's not a dice I'm willing to roll. If it's if it's if I'm playing Russian roulette and there's one bullet in a thousand chambers, but the gun's pointed at my dick, I don't pull that trigger. I, I'm terrified of that. The sickness, <laughs> yeah, I think. I've been thinking that, like, if, if I can get... I live with my mother and my grandmother, and my grandmother is in the process of getting the vaccine. She got the first dose. And if my mother gets it, I was thinking, like, oh, I could start, like, you know, not not parting or anything, because you, we still don't know if the... You know, you can still spread it to other people that don't have the vaccine, and that's bad. But, like, at least start to, like, see people with distance and outdoors and things like that, and, like, mm-hmm. have a little less fear, because at least I'm not going to kill my family with it or something. But I don't have the I don't have the ED fear, so yeah, that that's is a, a. I don't I don't want to be I'm, sick I'm or throwing up. Don't have a. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to be sick or throwing up either, but that's, that's I bad. feel like I can handle it. Um. All right. So that doesn't mean I will go anywhere to danger, though. My biggest fear is still giving it to other people more than it is giving it to myself. I'm I, I'm starting to crack. Like, I'm st- I'm starting to be more willing. Like, you if you stayed inside for the past. Uh, four months. All right, maybe maybe we can go like go to the beach. I kind of have. I've been. Me too. Yeah. Early November, I saw someone in early November, and that's the last time I like hang out with a human outside of my household. See, I'm a little bit afraid though, because I have friends who work in retail and restaurants. Like both you and I work from home, right? Yeah. But I, I, I yeah, wanna... that's also why I was safe for you because I know like you're you're not really going to expose yourself, and I'm not really going to expose myself. That would be fine. I'd probably limit it to that too. People who might have less, not as much exposure. I am terrified. I'm not of, a scientist or a doctor. I am terrified of um, slim. Pokemon cards have made me scared of low chances of things happening, right? Because I play Pokemon cards and they happen to me all the fucking time. For example, right. if you have an eight card deck and you draw seven cards and you need one specific card to win, the likelihood of you missing that card is, I don't know, some stupid low percentage, right? I've missed that card before. It feels fucking terrible, right? Or like, you know, if your opponent draws this one card and they have 30 cards left in their deck, they win. They only get to draw one card. So it's like a one in 30 chance to make the math easy. Oh, fuck, they drew that card. You lose. That just feels terrible. Right? I'm so scared yeah. of like small chances of things, like taking risks that I don't need to take. Like, of course, every time you drive, you get in a fatal car crash, right? But that's, mm-hmm. that's a, you know, we live in America and Keeler can go on for years about... City I was about to say, stuff, like, but... yeah, most there's places that don't people don't get into car crashes all the time, and we could be working with that too. We could have the we could have the city design podcast, but anyway, like, it's called the War on Cars, risk, by the way. Right? There's my ad, my plug. It's not my podcast. The War on Cars podcast is a good one for like introductions to like alternative methods of transportation. That's all I mean, I'll say. I don't need to go outside, right? But so I need to drive to the grocery store. So that, there's a calculated risk there, right? Now, I'm going to contradict what I just said immediately. Um, I don't need to go outside. I actually do because I went, yes. uh, I just turned 26 for those of you who don't know uh, on January 30th. 
And so my health insurance ran out. So I have more health insurance now. So don't go around trying to fucking kill me. And, uh, you know, thinking that my family won't have money for it. Because I'm covered now. For those of you threatening to kill me at TwitchCon, which you talked about before. Anyway, I went <laughs> I went to the doctor. I got tons of blood drawn. I had like a comically large amount of blood drawn. So you can take that much out. I mean, huh, all right. And um, they came back and like, yeah, everything's good. Your salt is good. Blood pressure is all good. Um, you know, your liver's fine. You haven't been drinking all that much. You're, you're healthy. You're a healthy young man. Um, you just have one problem. We literally cannot detect vitamin D in your system. You actually do not have vitamin D in your blood. My doctor literally recommended me to take 300,000 milligrams of vitamin D, which is apparently a fuck ton. He's just like, yeah, eat like this fistful of pills. We'll get you a couple bottles. You are out. I was like, before the pandemic, I was like, oh, you could use a little more vitamin D. Right now, I have literally an undetectable amount of vitamin D in my blood. I don't know what the side effects of, I'm not a doctor, and I haven't Googled it yet because I just heard about it hours ago, not having vitamin D in your blood is. Um, Keely, can you talk for a second? Because one of the side effects might be running out of breath. Jesus Christ. I have no idea. I have to research them too. This was a surprise to me. I didn't know someone could just have no vitamin, essential vitamin in their body. Uh, I had to take a sip of water there. Maybe that's one of the side effects of not having vitamin. But I think Who knows? Now effects... you're in the paranoid stage. Every, everything's, every time something goes wrong, you're going to be wondering, is this the vitamin D deficiency? Uh, so you get it from sunlight, I believe, um, from what I remember in Biology 101. And I obviously haven't been getting that. Um, but I think ha- it, it might cause depression and some mood issues. Um, I have definitely been getting... A little bit frustrated playing Pokemon cards. The metagame is absolutely trash, but that might just be the metagame. Uh, I just don't think I should be low on vitamin D. Um, and I could swallow pills as much as possible, but I feel like going outside to the sun maybe uh, a little bit more often might also be a, a good solution. Uh, I'm definitely going to be taking some pills to, to get that fixed. I think one of the side effects is um, mood and depression for not having vitamin D. I'm not depressed, and this isn't a call for help or anything. Um but if if there are going to be problems, uh, I want to prevent them slash minimize them because I don't think it's healthy to have literally undetected. Actually, said it, it's not detected in your blood, bro. Like use such a small amount, we couldn't find it. So you're gonna be eating some pills, and uh, so yeah, that's what I'll be focusing on for a little bit. Anyway, it's been the final episode of the Early Access Podcast. Find us on Spotify and iTunes. Um, follow me on TikTok at Stealth Shampoo. It's tiktok.com slash at Stealth Shampoo or just go to the app. Um, I'm not going to, you know, Chinese company. Oh, no, yeah, it's... Look, I mean, I've worked with the Zuck before directly. I'm in Facebook commercials, so I can't hold the high ground here. I'm not going to tell you to make a TikTok account, but it does help the algorithm if you come watch my TikTok and then let it play twice um, and, and help me out on that front. So if you guys want to see what I'm going to be working on next, go over there. Um, we're going to suspend the Earl Access podcast for a little bit. Um... I'm sure it'll be back eventually. Yeah, yeah, I think we would, especially when the industry starts opening up again. Yeah, I which is always our always our huge problem. That's not the reason why we're closing, but it's like, oh, it's been such a weird podcast like for the past year because there's just nothing to like generate news about. Yeah, oh, that's VR and whatever. Yeah, that's probably reason Z of why we're there's. Yes, I said that's not. I said that's not the reason it's closing, but it's like. I'm sure there'll probably be more reason, more incentive to bring it back to and like 
half a year when yeah you might actually have an event to go to or something i don't know it could be two months it could be half a year it could be a year i don't know but um we'll see i, definitely, I have like, no this, idea the secondary reason was i do want to work on tiktoks a little bit more because they do take me a lot of editing yeah. time to do i'm not just like again no hate but i'm not just standing up and dancing or flashing my dick or anything there but, will be content from stealth shampoo so yeah and i got a stream on this channel because the early x podcast again was to like keep my twitch partnership and i really like no ads and the free beer at parties so um i'll probably stream some pokemon or something uh or some cold war but anyway thank you guys for watching thank you for supporting 52 episodes of the early x podcast uh despite the fact that it's not nearly successful as the one you know very short amount of time of it on tiktok uh, i have enjoyed <laughs> doing this it is uh, we have had viewers yeah. there are viewers there are listeners viewers i guess viewers and listeners anyway uh so. find us on spotify itunes it's been cooler uh Thank you for Cell Shampoo. Signing out, episode 52. One entire year's worth of episodes. Thanks for listening. Uh, Kula, do you have anything to say before I shut it down? Uh, no, I think that's it. Hope maybe I'll see you around. I'll be around the Discord. Yes, Discord is where you get updates. Actually, thanks for bringing that up. Discord.gg slash Shampoo for any updates on the Early Access Podcast. Um, I may not promote... Please, no one's joined in so long. Please. I, I may not promote the TikToks on there because Richard's in there and he doesn't know that I made that TikTok about him yet. But I, I will promote it on the on the <laughs> podcast. I don't I haven't mentioned it on Twitter. I, I actually haven't mentioned it to people. Um at first I wasn't mentioning it so it wouldn't affect the algorithm and affect my views. I just wanted to see what my knowledge of the algorithm would do without any outside cell shampoo influence or anyone giving me shout outs or anything. And apparently I did a great job. Um but yeah, I haven't told Richard yet. Anyway, join the Discord, Discord.gg slash cell shampoo. Thanks for listening. It's been the early access podcast. We'll see you for season two, or whatever we're gonna call it. Uh, eventually. See you some other time.